This place is awesome. <laughs> you know, I, years ago, he was talking about years ago, uh, Brother Tony uh, and I met. We came here in 1988 from uh, Oklahoma, and uh, we, we just kind of connected because I knew the Spirit of God was on him. And, Sister, he was, he was a man of God. But th that same anointing uh, is on your son. You know that. And it's, it's evident that the presence of God is in this place. And he's got a heart to reach out. And he asked me to share just a little bit. And I don't know where we're supposed to go with this, brother. We'll just, he said, do what the Spirit says to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, Pastor Tony and I, he, he preached at our church at Abundant Life. And we fellowshiped together. But he had a heart to reach out to the body of Christ, didn't he? And, and, and just so many connections that are there. And I, I just feel the presence of God in this place, brother. I'm telling you what. I don't know what God wants to do right now, but I, I do want to share with you uh, about the outreach we are doing. Uh, we go into the Fifth Street area, and we reach out to the drug addicts, the homeless, the prostitutes. I mean, you name it. We, we've got mentally ill people down there. And God just shows up. We, we're, we're having church out on the street. And, and before I give you the burden that I've got on this thing, uh, what, we, what we did here before Agape left here and went down there and you all came here, it's all right. God, God knows what he's doing. He's putting this thing together the, the way he wants to. But what we do and still do is we go down there every uh, first and third Saturdays. We cook hot dogs on the grill and have some chili, and we play praise and worship music, and we want you all involved in this thing, and to whatever extent God has you do it. And we need people that are willing to help uh, pass out the hot dogs. We do one-on-one -on -one ministry, people getting saved. We had uh, five people born again two weeks ago, and the Spirit of God is moving. And I know a lot of you want to reach out but sometimes you just wonder, well, I don't just want to go to somebody's house and, and try and get somebody saved. And it's, this is one way where you can come and, and kind of fellowship, just do whatever the Spirit of God has you do. And we do one-on-one -on -one right out there at Fifth Street. There's a covered area. It's called Patty's Place. Have you ever seen it down there? It's an awesome place. And we have a captive audience because they've got to stay in under that shelter and they've gotten to know us and love us. And we started going there about 15 years ago when I was at Abundant Life Fellowship up here on Highway 21. My daughter, Hope, came in, and Hope was really struggling uh, with, the, with addictions and everything else. And she said, Dad, these, these people need the church. They're not going to come into the church. We've got to go out where they're at and get them. And that's about the time that we merged uh, with, with another church. And God sent me out on the street, and we went out and just, we have church out there now. And then we came here while I was doing the outreach, uh, and it was Shiloh Church at the time. And uh, we, we were just fellowshipping with them, bringing the people here that we were wanting to the Lord. And then the pastor here stepped down. This was another church. It's been four churches in this building that I know of that I've been involved with, and, and God just knows what he's doing. But uh, the pastor stepped down and said, well, Pastor Mike, will you take over? 
And I wound up here for maybe five years or so, but we still had the burden for the street ministry. And so we merged with Agape Faith Center. That's the, the church that was here be, before y'all came in. And uh, merged with them, still did the outreach. But it's hard to bring people that you get saved way out to Clemens and, and you know, just uh, reach out to the people that are on the street. And that's why we need to connect again with a church that wants to be involved in this and reach hurting people. Uh, what we did then is we'd bring them in. We'd, uh, we had a van that brought them in, and we'd give them sandwiches after church because they missed their meal if they, they come here. And we had five or six people coming on a regular basis, uh, uh, hurting people. Sometimes they don't smell too good. Sometimes they don't look too good. But Jesus loves them. And God is out to... to minister to hurting people and, and God gave me a scripture is it okay if I share just a little bit brother if, if you want to stop me stop me I'm just going to go wherever the spirit of God says to go and uh, is that all right with all of you Let, let's just listen to God's spirit God would you just continue to do what you do and Holy Spirit lead us in your direction lead us in your purpose lead us in your counsel and, Lord, I thank you that you're going to stir up our spirits today to do what you have called us to do. God, I bless this place. And I thank you for a place where, you're, where there is the freedom of the Holy Ghost to listen and to move in whatever direction you want to go in. And, Father, I bless Pastor Joshua. I thank you for the Spirit of God that is on him. Father, I thank you that you're multiplying what his father started <laughs> multiply, multiply, multiplication. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Go us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Jesus, praise you, God. Mm. What God gave me to, to share with you just for a little bit here is from Isaiah chapter 58. And you've probably heard this preached on, but really this is what we are doing out on the street uh, it, it tells us what church is supposed to look like. By the way, this church looks like it. Praise God. <laughs> a lot of churches don't look like this, but this one does. In Isaiah 58, Isaiah gets a burden from God, and he sees how people are doing stuff, and they're doing religious stuff, but they're not doing what God wants to do. They're even fasting. And God says, well, this isn't the fast that I want done. He said, the fast that I'm looking for, this is Isaiah 58, if you want to follow in your word with me just a minute, verse 6. It says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? Years ago, I had a dog named Snoopy. Can I tell you a Snoopy story? You all like dogs? <laughs> I love this dog. It was a, a, a beautiful red-colored 
And I, I think it was mostly lab, uh, maybe a little bit of some other things, but Snoopy got, he was the clumbiest puppy you ever saw in your life. I just fell in love with this dog. And he got real big, and years later, uh, Snoopy would just sit on the porch, and I'd come home, and he'd get this big grin on his face, and he'd lick everybody that came in the house. He was not an attack dog. Wouldn't have helped us a bit there, I don't think. But one day, uh, one of our neighbors, we live about a half mile in the woods off of Midway Road up there. One of our neighbors went up the driveway a little too fast, and, and Snoopy was hit. And I saw him run off, and, and I thought, man, I... I, I I hope he's, that didn't kill Snoopy. I didn't know what was going on. It took three days. I couldn't find him. And finally, about the third day, uh, I said, God, where's, where's my dog? I love that dog, and I need to find him. And God said, just go to the back of your house. I'm telling you the truth. He showed me right where to go in the woods. How many of you know God knows everything? And he knows if we love our I think God loves animals, too. I really do. And, and I, I started walking in the back of my house towards uh, uh, about 90 degrees from the back of the house, and I w came to a tree up on a hill, and there was Snoopy laying under this tree, and he had been, he was bleeding and hurting and, and broken, and he had given up on life. Uh, some animals do that when they know that they're going to die and they know they've been wounded real bad. They'll just go off and hide somewhere. And he was, he was broken and, and bleeding and hurting. And I began to think, you know, that's how a lot of people are today. We, we get to the place where we're hurting and, and we're broken and lose hope and don't have any purpose left. And when I walked up to Snoopy, he looked up at me, and he, he kind of perked up. And I, I reached down, and I knew he was hurting, but I picked him up in my arms. And even bleeding and broken, he looked at me, and he gave me this big lick right in my face. And hope started to come back into his eyes again. Well, I brought Snoopy back and brought him to the vet. And they sewed him up and patched him up and fixed him up, sent him home with this big funnel on his head. He looked like an astronaut. And I guess that's so they can't lick the, the stitches and stuff like that, you know. And uh, he healed up and hope he, he, he lived through that. But I can't help, every time I tell this story, I told this story out on the street about three weeks ago, and this, this young lady uh, well, she's probably in her 40s now, something like that, uh, has been a prostitute, been living on the street. She now has sclerosis of the liver because of drinking too much. She was absolutely broken, and she gave her heart back to Jesus Christ. After I told this story, and she said, you know, I need, I need to come back to God because I've lost hope, I've lost purpose, and I've lost direction in my life. And Mindy is her name. Mindy came back to the Lord, and I saw her yesterday. We went out, did the street ministry yesterday. And she said, you know that story you told about Snoopy? And I said, yeah. She said, well, you didn't know this, but I had a dog named Snoopy. God is so smart. I mean, he just, he just knows exactly how to reach us where we're at. And, you know, you may, you may be here 
this morning, and maybe you're hurting. There's people in church that are hurting. Somebody sitting next to you is hurting. And it's our job, the fast that God tells us to do, and what we're supposed to do is bring this message of hope to hurting people. We've got to go get them, people. They, they won't come in here. But if we'll go where they're at and we'll love them. We've been loving these people for 15 years, and they listen to us. And we hug them. And we tell them we love them. And we minister life to them. And God is changing lives. Some of them have gotten their own houses now, gotten jobs they're being planted in different churches around town. But that's the kind of a God we have. And this is, this is what it's talking about here in Isaiah 58, verse 6. It says this, Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness and to undo the heavy burdens? Our, our job is to loose the bands of wickedness. You and I have the Holy Spirit inside of us. He knows exactly what people need. He knows exactly where they're at. He, he knows exactly what their problems are, what their issues are. And if we'll just listen to him. I was praying for another guy a while back. And as I was praying for him, and, and we do that. We lay hands on him. We pray for the sick. People get healed. God does awesome stuff because church is where the, the body of Christ is. doesn't have to be in the building. So he shows up, and I was praying for this young man, and, and God said he's got, uh, he's got a gallbladder issue, and if something doesn't happen, he's not going to make it. And I was praying on him, and while I was praying, I said, it's your, God said it's your gallbladder. And he looked at me, and, and, you know, his eyes opened real wide. He said, how do you know that? And I said, well, God's Spirit told me to tell you that that's what's, what's been coming against you, and I'm going to pray for it. And God's going to heal it right now. And so I did, and he did, and he received it. God's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. All we got to do is listen to his voice, listen to the Spirit of God, and open our ears and hearts up. Most people are so hurting that they, they don't realize that they're even blaming God for why they're hurting. I just finished a book for my doctorate, and it's called No Darkness at All. And sometime when that book is in print, maybe we can come back and share that, brother, whatever you want to do. But it's called No Darkness at All. It's from 1 John 1, verse 5, which says this, In him, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. <laughs> and I like the way that ends in the Greek it's udomea at all. None at all. It could have just stopped right there and said there's no darkness in God. But it says there's no darkness at all in him. That means that God is good all the time. God is never your problem. And in my thesis for this book, I say that God never kills God never destroys. God never puts sickness on people. God does not kill our kids. We, we lost a, a da another daughter just a few weeks ago, and that's why my wife's been hurting. But God didn't do that. 
And what bothered me is this. When I read the Old Testament, it sounds like God is doing that. Have you ever wondered? How come in the Old Testament, God says, I kill, God says, I destroy, and God says, I bring diseases. I won't bring any of these diseases on you that I have brought on the enemies. That bothered me. And I said, God, if there's no darkness at all in you, how can you kill? And so what I've done in my book and this thesis is I've studied every Old Testament scripture that seems to appear that God is doing the action of the killing. And do you know every one of them? shows in the Hebrew tense that God is giving people permission to choose life or death. And one of the tenses there, the Hiphel tense in the Hebrew, says this. When God says, I kill, he is not saying that the death is coming from me. God doesn't have any death in him. He doesn't have any sickness in him. He doesn't have any disease in him. There's no disease in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. All of that is, is because of the fall. And so when God says, I kill, what it's saying in that Hebrew tense, it's showing that God gives you permission. He says, choose life or you can choose death. The death does not come from God because God is good all the time. And excuse me for going off on this a little bit, but here, you know, you can be mad at God because maybe you think God took your kid. God didn't take your child. Or you could be mad at God thinking, well, look at what my child is doing. And you get mad at God and say, God, I, I, I taught him the word of God. And look at what my kids are doing or my child is doing. You can get mad at God. God is not the cause of destruction or death. And he wants you to see that and understand that. In the Old Testament, Moses, who knew a little bit about God, he said, God, show me your glory. You remember that passage? And God said to Moses, I can't. He, he said, let, let me just walk into it. He says, I can't, you'll die. And you see, in the Old Testament, before people could be covered by the blood of Christ, you couldn't just get into the presence of God. You had to come with the blood, and the priest would go into the holiest of holies, and he would present that blood as, as the sacrifice of what Jesus Christ was going to do. But back then, even Moses would have died. God says, I can't, I can't show you my, my, my glory. But he says, this is what I'll do. I'll, Moses, I'll take you and I'll stick you in this cleft in this rock. And I'll cover you with my hand. Watch this. And I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. And you will see my hundred part. But he said, the, the glory, the glory. He's saying this. The goodness of God and the glory of God are synonymous. Shoo. The goodness of God and the glory of God are synonymous. And so if you understand the goodness of God, that God is not your problem, God never kills, he never destroys, and you understand that he's always good, 
then you start seeing his glory. Reverse that. God, you're my problem. God, you're bad. God, you took my child. God, you put this disease on me. Do you know what you have just done? You have reversed the glory of God in your life because you've made God the problem instead of the answer. If you will see the glory of God and the goodness of God, you'll understand his glory and what he's real. God loves you. And he doesn't care how bad you're hurting. These people out on the street that, that seem so, well, I wouldn't want to bring them in church. They smell. They don't look quite right. And they're smoking while I'm preaching. God still loves them. These, these women that are prostitutes, when you pray over them and hug them, the God kind of love and show them the God kind of love, they receive that. Jesus did that. He, he, Jesus never had a problem ministering to hurting people, broken people, people who were messed up and fouled up and had no answer in their life that had no hope. Jesus would go up to them, love them, like the woman. And he said, woman, where'd your accusers go? He said, I don't accuse you either. Your sins are forgiven. And he reached out to Mary, didn't he? And she became one of the closest people to study the story of Mary sometime. She was the one who, who came and poured the oil on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And then he said, you know, those that need a lot of forgiveness love me a whole lot. <laughs> these, listen, these people we're reaching out to, and I want you to be a part of this, are people that are hurting. And when they, when they give their heart over to Jesus Christ, they love him a whole lot because they know what they are. As a matter of fact, God loves all of you a whole lot right now. Some of you are thinking, well, man, I can't go minister to people like that because I don't, I don't cut it. I'm not where I need to be. Well, if you're born again through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're where you need to be. And you can reach out to hurting people and touch their lives and minister life to those kind of people. So this, this girl that was a prostitute, Sherry, was sharing with me and told me, well, when you talked about Snoopy, I, I gave my life back to Jesus Christ. She was there yesterday. And God is raising her up and going to change her around. I, I laid hands on her. The Word of God says this. It says, loose the bands of, of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, that you may break every yoke. She's got a yoke on her life now of, of liver disease. And God says, lay hands on her right now, out on the street in front of everybody, and I prayed for her, and I took authority over the liver disease, and I spoke the name of Jesus. I said, God, your word says when those are sick if, and those who believe lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And I did, and she did. So how do you know that? Because I know the word works. And while I was doing that, another lady that is a resident there at 5th Street came up, and she laid hands on her too, 
And she said, you know, I do this all day, all the time, but I was afraid to just lay hands on people till you started doing it. She says, I pray for people on the sneak. You know, she'll, she'll touch them or something like that. But she said, I, you know, a boldness came on her. Listen, we've got to be bold for God because you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You can do the same thing. And if you go out with us, we do this on the first and third Saturdays of each month. We go about 2 o'clock, stay there about two hours. Uh, you can do one-on-one -on -one ministry. God will start, it'll blow you away how God will open you up when you just start sharing from your heart and, and telling these hurting people uh, what God can do. And so it, it says this, to loose the bonds of, of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, that you may bring, in your, bring them into your house? And we do this by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is what breaks the yoke. And you guys got the anointing here. I don't know if you realize what you got. I know you do. But you have the anointing of God in this place. And when we were doing praise and worship, and, and you could feel it, couldn't you, Cam? You, you could feel that anointing flowing out of, of the worship leaders. And I used to receive it from Cammie, and today I got it from her daughter. Isn't God good? <laughs> He's so awesome. He's so awesome. The anointing is what breaks the yoke. Uh, I used to be a a Baptist preacher when I was first born again. And uh, in 1973, I was preaching on why the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for today. That's what I was taught. I, I went to Baptist schools, uh, and, and this is what I was taught. And so the week before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit... <laughs> I was preaching out why tongues isn't for today. <laughs> From, you know, 1 Corinthians chat, well, tongues shall cease. Of course, it goes on to say, so will knowledge. And I think that has sometimes. But anyway, and I was preaching this stuff, and my people just sitting there like a bunch of bumps on a log. And I got done, and that week, I, I was just feeling so empty. I didn't know what was going on in my life. And I said, God, I've, I've got to have more than, than just this stuff. I said, if you're, if you're God and you're real, and what I read about in the book of Acts is real, it ought to be happening today. And I said, God, just, just give me everything I need. And I had the radio on. I was driving in Chicago, Illinois, on the Van Dan Ryan Expressway. I don't know if you've ever driven in Chicago, Spaghetti Junction 55 and the expressways. They, they drive crazy out there. And I had WMBI on, Moody Bible Institute. I was a student there at the time. And they had a praise and worship song on. And the Spirit of God hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, God, just give it all to me. I want everything you got. And, and the Holy Spirit baptized me in, the, in, in his power as I was driving about 65 miles. Not recommended. <laughs> it is not, I'll guarantee you, it is not recommended. And I'm, I'm driving on the express. I barely made it back to my parsonage 
uh, down on 147th Avenue on the south side of Chicago. I went into my parsonage right next to the church. I got on my knees at the couch because I knew something was going on in my life. And I started praying, and as I was praying, I started praying in tongues. Is it right to talk about this? Y'all have a problem with tongues? I just want to check. <laughs> so I, I, I was praying in English, and nobody told me anything about what to do to pray in the Spirit. I didn't know. And I was just praying, and I said, God, I, I just show rabasi And I'm praying in the Spirit. And, and my Baptist spirit came up and he said, uh-oh, something, something's going, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do when the week before you're preaching on why tongues isn't for today, and now you're in your parsonage praying in the Holy Ghost? And I started getting the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. God told me things about my deacon board and about things going on that they needed to repent of. And one of my main deacons had a lying spirit. <laughs> don't, don't do this. Don't bring condemnation on people. But I didn't know any better back then. But he said he does. And he said, just, just tell him that and say it in love. And so I said to him, uh, Brother, Brother Blackburn, the Spirit of God told me you got a lying spirit. And he looked at me and his face dropped and he started to cry. And he said, Pastor Mike, I, I lie all the time. And it's ruining my life. And it's ruining my family. And I prayed for him. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and it started to happen one after another. And then when the organization I was ordained under <laughs> found out about it, I got the left foot of fellowship. But I got the anointing. I would rather preach for one minute with the anointing then two hours without it. Listen, the anointing is what breaks the yoke. The anointing is what shows hurting people that we love them. The anointing is what brings healing into us because we know and understand that God is good all the time. Mm. God is always a healing God. It is, here's one of the thesis things in my book. It is always God's will to heal you. We say, well, that doesn't sound too hard. There are some people who think maybe God wants to heal sometimes and sometimes he doesn't. And I was taught that. If you don't believe that it is always God's will to heal you, how can you pray in faith? You can't. There's no way. Because it is always God's will to heal you. When I was preaching on this on the radio a while back, uh, it was about time your dad and I were hanging out together. Uh, I heard about a young lady that was going to a denominational church here in Statesville, and she was dying of cancer. She was in her teens. And I just felt such a burden to go and pray for her. So I went down to Baptist Hospital. And when I got to Baptist Hospital, I guess they heard that crazy preacher on the radio was coming. I don't know how they found out. But they stopped me at the door. Uh, and I said, can I, can I pray for your daughter? Just believe God for her healing. And they said, no, 
uh, God put this on her, and it's time for her to die. And it broke my heart. And I thought, man, it's always God's will to heal. That's why Jesus went to the cross that it might be fulfilled. It was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, by his stripes you were healed. Matthew 18, 16. It says it. That's part of it. And so they said no, and I, I left. I was brokenhearted, and a little while later she died. But I was thinking this. It is so easy for people to, to get mad at God and to blame God for something that he is not doing. God loves you. He's a good God. And his will and purpose for you is to bless you. He thinks about you all the time. Say he thinks about me. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, here's the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord. So he thinks about thoughts to bless you, to give you a future, to give you a hope, to give you a purpose again. God thinks about you, and he wants to bring healing into your life this morning. And I don't know where God wants to go with this. I'll give it to you in a second, Pastor. But if you want to bring hope to other people, would you, would you consider helping us in this ministry? And it, it'll bless you. It'll open doors like never before. Uh, it, it'll, it'll put a revival into your life because you're going to be ministering to hurting people. This, that's what church is supposed to be like, folks. And that's what this church is like. And I thank God. Thank God for you, Pastor, and what you're doing in this place. Let me, let me bless you all right now. Father, I speak the blessing from heaven over this place. I thank you that this will be a wide open door to hurting people and to set the captives free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, bring them in. The hurting, the wounded, the broken, the hopeless, and those that, that have given up on life. Father, I thank you that, that you're going you're gonna to set them free. But I, I pray right now, Lord, I don't know who's hurting right now. You do. And you know who may be blaming you for something you did not do because you're always good all the time. And I speak your freedom right now in Jesus' name. If, whatever head bowed, if you're saying, Pastor Mike, I... I love God, but I've, I've been hurting. And somehow I've just been blaming God for something that's gone on in my life. And this morning, I just want to release that thing and know that God didn't do it. I want you to stop taking offense with God. Offense with God will stop you from the anointing. Thinking God is bad or has done something that's not good will stop your anointing. Would you, would you turn that over to him right now? Offense. You can be offended with God because somebody hurt you. Or if you're a young lady or an older lady and you've been offended by some person or abused by some person, 
and somehow you're saying, God, why did you let that happen to me? God is saying, I didn't. I didn't cause it. I didn't do it. But I still love you. And you are clean. Mm. Jesus, you are clean. Thank you, Jesus. Just turn that over to him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. I'm not quiet because I don't have anything to say. I can talk all day. But the Spirit of God is moving right now. I, I know. I just know that I know that I know that he's, hurt, he's healing some wounds right now. You've been spiritually bleeding and hurting. And what's worse, you've been hiding. God says, come out of the hiding. I'm here. I love you. I'm a good God. And I have a purpose and I have a hope to put back into you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you.